Hey guys, and welcome to episode 19. This week is going to be a two-part episode like we've done once in the past. This is the first part that you're watching right here, and part two of the same episode will come out on Friday, so be sure to tune back in for that. We talked for quite a bit, so we wanted to split it into two parts, so enjoy part one, and part two will be here on Friday. Enjoy. Welcome back to Following Noadon, a Stormlight podcast. This week is episode 19, and we will be talking about chapters 64 through 69 with a focus on Kaladin. Next week will also be the same segment of chapters, but with a focus on Dalinar and Sadius. How are we feeling, gentlemen? You, that this is the, the segment. How, how, how are we feeling? Really excited to dive in. This was an incredible time. It was so fun to read this. So I'm really excited to talk about it. What what a section of chapters. I, I echo your caveat to our listeners and watchers. Make sure that you go read all of these chapters before you watch these this episode. But honestly, I'm not too worried about that because I'd be pretty impressed if you could put the book down in the midst but, of these chapters. Between 64 that's... and 16. That's why I want to do these episodes that way. Yeah. Because, yeah. Okay, uh, do you have two words for the Kaladin uh, focus of these chapters, Elliot? I sure do. So my two words for the Kaladin aspects of these chapters, although it has some some tie into the Dalinar portions as well, I had selfless and honor. Okay, selfless and honor. Paul, uh, do you have two words? I I don't. I have one word. Okay. For the Kaladinar excuse me, the Kaladin part of these chapters, I felt like it was a pretty good word to sum up the whole of Kaladin, Kaladin's character in this part as protective. That is my one word for the Kaladin chapters here. That is a, that is a good, good word for it. All right, let's, let's dive in, gentlemen. Alrighty, so from what what does protective mean for for Kaladin? Why does that why does that sum up this so well for? Why does this sum? Why does that word sum this up so well for you, Paul? Why word sum well? Yes. Okay. So why some word sum good words? Yes, well, word sum well because <laughs> uh, I chose protective because. Uh, most notably with the really awesome scene that we're going to look at where Kaladin puts a ton of Stormlight into his shield and just soaks up a ton of arrows. But I feel like that's kind of symbolic of how he has poured himself out to protect his bridge crew. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good summary of his story with this with Bridge 4 as a whole. He's poured basically his life you know, blood, sweat, and tears into keeping everyone safe. He mourns deeply for everyone that he loses and works tirelessly to keep everyone safe. And so it was kind of a big pinnacle epic moment there uh, where he kind of protects everyone from arrows and things like that. And it was a really sick moment. Um, 
but I felt like that was a really good way to summarize Kaladin here. Okay. Uh, Elliot. Paul, I've been waiting. I've been waiting 20 episodes, 19 episodes for us to one of these days have the same one of our words. We, we pick these words without, you know, telling each other ahead of time. And one of these days it's going to happen. And it, it, we had a very near miss today. I, I had a lot of words to summarize these chapters just because there was so much packed into these chapters. But one of my words was protective. I, I almost pulled that in and we would have had the same one, but I had to, had to nix that in favor of the, the two I picked selfless and honor. Talk to me a little bit about selfless and honor and why you picked it over protective. I'm kind of interested. Yeah. So I picked, I'll say honor. I'll talk about honor first. So I picked honor, although honestly, that word is getting a little overused now in this book. We talk about honor a lot within the the way of Kings for a lot of different reasons, but I just had to bring it up again because we get some really, really cool examples of honor in these in these chapters or lack thereof as well and i i picked it for kaladin specifically just because this set of chapters is so massive from his perspective and his view of what honor is and he's seen so many examples that we've talked about all the way along where light eyes are consistently letting down his expectation of honor they claim to be honorable they're not finally Finally, 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 we see a light eyes live up to that high bar of honor. And man, is it powerful, especially from Kaladin's perspective. So that was that was cool. I couldn't not talk about honor in that sense. And then selfless. I picked selfless, although it's very similar to what you're talking about, Paul, with protective. For for similar reasons, I picked selfless in that Kaladin makes a series of choices in this episode in these chapters that are so selfless and bridge four just as a whole as well acts very selflessly and it's uh very admirable very impressive gotcha all right let's let's go let's let's start start talking about Callan's perspective so 64 and 65 are pretty heavy down our chapters which we'll talk about uh next week and it's kind of setting up the, the the tower and the battle and everything from Dalinar's perspective, and it's really it's really giving you the weight of the situation, and so you know exactly what Sadius is doing. Um, and we'll talk about more of that talk more about that in depth um, next week. However, Bridge Four have a couple of cool moments in these um, earlier chapters, sixty four and sixty five. When when the horns are called and uh, Adolin and Dalinar are getting ready to go, um, are, are suiting up in their armor, Kaladin has like a page and a half in 64 where Bridge 4 come running around the corner with their bridge and everybody stops and gapes at them because they're in their, their full Parshendi armor. Um, they're all in their war paint and everything. And all the bridgemen start cheering them. Um, Elliot, you have on the outline that Kaladin acknowledges that they are the Bridgman's champions. Do you want to do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah i I thought that was was kind of cool. The moment where the other Bridgman, who in the past we've seen them treat Bridge Four with disdain or even animosity, they they don't like 
for try so hard and show them up or get special attention or or whatever even though they they don't get special attention they probably get worse attention than the rest of them but here in this moment they've realized just how much bridge four have done for them and they cheer them and it's i think it's teft or somebody yeah i think it's teft is kind of asking like what's what's going on why are they why are they cheering us that's new and calvin says they've finally realized we're their champions and that seems so true they ones championing the the lives of bridgemen making a difference trying to step up and say hey bridgemen are more than just meat shields to be sacrificed to save your men we can do more than that look how disciplined we are look how impressive we are in our armor and it was it was a cool moment for sure for sure uh paul any any brief thoughts on 64 from calvin's perspective so it was super good um obviously and and this made me think specifically about like the imagery was super strong so i I started thinking specifically about how this would translate to a movie scenario and so i i was kind of thinking about that and that imagery there and so i i thought it was a really cool moment Mm -hmm. um in all honesty there's a a million cool moments which we're going to talk about so this didn't stand out like that maybe as much as it should have. Sure. Because right, we're going to have some awesome, awesome stuff to talk about afterwards as well. But it was a great, great scene, you know. Bridge 4 definitely has earned it, you know. They've pioneered a lot for oh, yeah. the bridge crew. I feel like I feel like the phrase cool moment is going to be uh, <laughs> said, said quite a few times tonight. All right. Um, moving into 65, they've... We, we jump over to Kaladin, and Kaladin and his crew have already set their bridge, or are setting their bridge, and he turns around, and I believe it's, I don't remember who gets shot in the foot. Somebody gets shot in the foot. Scar? Um, I think it's Scar. It might be Scar. Yeah, I believe it's Scar. Um, and Teft gets shot in the shoulder. And just a brief thing here I wanted to highlight. Um, Scar calls out to Kaladin for help. He knows that Kaladin can help him with his foot, but Teft deliberately doesn't call for help. And I want to highlight this with these two characters um, moving forward. Spoiler alert, they they survived the battle. Um, but uh, Scar and Teft have two very different reactions to their, their injuries. Scar immediately looks for help and Teft deliberately tries to hide it, is one of the what one of the other bridgemen says. And I just wanted to highlight that real quick. Any thoughts on that? I feel like there's a lot more to Teft than we kinda know. We've briefly mentioned him and he's always been like the number like two or three character here with the Kaladin storyline. Sure. Um and I feel like there is more. He he seems to know a lot about just like general history of the surge binding and, and stuff like that. And so I'm curious to see if it seems to be a little too intentional for it to not be a big deal down the line. Um, so there may be a lot more to Taft. I feel like with Scar, I mean, it seems pretty normal. I, I never thought much about it. 
with Teft, it makes me wonder a little bit just because he's been highlighted in the past and there's some interesting stuff with his character. Yeah, I didn't honestly think too much of, of either one of these. I did notice that Teft was trying to hide his wound. I guess maybe I just kind of chalked it up to we've, we're kind of under the assumption that he's been a, a sergeant in the army, a person of some sort of leadership. And so perhaps it's just maybe some of that kind of leadership kicking in where he doesn't want the men to be distracted by wounded Teft. He'd rather they, you know, worry about saving them themselves and protecting themselves than worry about patching, patching him up. So a little bit of selflessness maybe from, from Teft. Sure. Cool. Yeah. The, from a rereader's perspective, it's very interesting that these two have these two, these specific reactions. That's just why I wanted to highlight it. But from a first time reader's perspective, you can, you can gloss over it. So we can reference this later. Hmm. Peculiar. I, I'm I'm a little I don't want to say annoyed, but there's always these seemingly like very tiny hints which seem to point to major things. We talked about that, I believe, in our last episode or maybe two ago, where all this crazy stuff is happening and then there's just like mentions of of other places. Yep. Um and it's being dropped in here now, and it's so easy to overlook. I mostly, if you brought that up, I wouldn't have thought twice about Teft and Scar reacting the way they do to getting shot with an arrow. You right. know, but now it makes me I, a little worried. <laughs> I hadn't, I didn't notice anything that that certainly was not on my list of of things to note. But I do think this all of these chapters have a lot more of those examples that we were talking about not so where we're in the midst of you know adrenaline pumping action and Brandon Sanderson is is just like yeah I'll leave this right here that way they they miss it and they'll find it later yep there's certainly plenty of that especially in some of these other chapters yes all right pushing pushing through moving along um Chapter 66 is mostly a Dalinar chapter as well, but Sadius and Kaladin, well, Kaladin has an interaction with Sadius. Sadius doesn't really have an interaction with Kaladin. But Kaladin notices that Sadius is retreating, um, and he pushes towards Sadius to make sure, to, to confirm to himself that Sadius isn't injured or anything, that he is genuinely just abandoning Dalinar um, and it, he confirms himself that no, he's not injured and he hears Sadius say something specific. Do either of you remember what Sadius says um, and Kaladin overhears? It's not to Kaladin, but he hears Sadius say something aloud. I'll be honest, I don't remember it off the top of my head, but I, I do have it bookmarked right right here. So I can read it to you. Go for it. He, he says, this is Sadius referring to Dalinar. He says, I said that honor of yours would get you killed someday. Is that the quote you're referencing? Yep. Yeah. I, I will say at this point, as I was reading through the very first time, I wanted to believe that this was a misunderstanding. We, we talked recently about 
Sadius. And we talked about the fact that there was there was hope for him and how even Dalinar felt that there was hope for him. And I was feeling rather encouraged. I, I didn't quite want to jump on the Sadius bandwagon yet, and I'm now rather glad I did not. But there was that glimmer of hope of, oh, he's interested in the way of kings. He wants to talk to Dalinar. Maybe he's coming around. Turns out that not only was that not the case, he was probably playing Dalinar the, the whole time. And that's probably more of a Dalinar discussion for our for our next episode. But I think what sold me, the moment that sold me on, no, th- this is indeed a betrayal. And I think Kaladin phrases it, treachery on a grand scale, when Kaladin is the one realizing this. Kaladin, an outside perspective, is witnessing Sadius just brutally mercilessly betray Dalinar and all of his men, his entire army, and leave them for dead. It was, yeah, my heart sank a little bit. Yeah. The the specific, the, the, the specificity of Kaladin hearing this, I wonder if it, in the end, turns Sadius's plans against him. I wonder if Kaladin would have actually been convinced to go back for Dalinar had he not overheard this. Because Kaladin isn't convinced and the reader and Elliot, you're saying the reader isn't necessarily convinced that this is a definite betrayal and Sadis isn't just retreating for strategic purposes until you hear this. That yeah. this is very deliberate. Sadius is quite literally betraying Dalinar. And I wonder if Kaladin would consider have gone going back for Dalinar had he not heard this. So I have uh, two things to say. First of which, um, I would like to formally apologize to everyone who's watched our previous episodes. Um, I would like to clearly say that Sadius is the villain of the book thus far. <laughs> And anything I said before, I I kind of will. I will, I'll eat my words on this one. Um, I had a lot of faith, in all honesty, of Sadius coming around. I was honestly looking forward to it, and he is by far the worst character that we have in this, <laughs> in this book. And I yes, I formally apologize to everyone. Sadius is the worst. Um, with that, I with what you were saying, Trevor. I I don't really think that Kaladin overhearing this made a difference. I know that it it kind of talks a little bit of his reasoning there. And I think he went back because of the dark-eyed men who were there. It, you know, he mentions that there are thousands of dark-eyed soldiers. Sure. And I feel like that's really what pushes him to go and help fight and save him. I still don't think he has a big concern for Dalinar. Okay. He kind of comes around later on. Um, but I, I he, hearing what he has, he still has no faith in, in light eyes. Okay. I, I think there's, there's an element there though, that I think maybe pushes me a bit towards Trevor's line of thinking. And that's with the comparison to Amaram when, when Kaladin hears Sadius say this, or maybe a little bit before that, it may have actually been a little bit before this, he thinks of when Amaram betrayed him and he thinks, Oh man, that makes Sadius betrayal of Dalinar makes Amaram's betrayal of me look small. And I think that 
maybe opens his eyes up a little bit to, I'm not the only one out there getting stabbed in the back by those that are supposed to be honorable. And so I think he empathizes with Dalinar in that, in that moment there. And that may be part of it, but you're right. You're right, Paul, that later on, he does specifically think about the the dark eyes that are over there, the, the collateral damage, if you will, of, of Sadius's betrayal. I could go either way. So you guys bring up a very interesting dynamic here that I definitely wanted to talk about. And that is you're seeing, you've read 900 pages up until this point of Kaladin and Kaladin getting so frustrated and his entire life has been just, he's been shoved down over and over by light eyes. And you're seeing pushing into chapter 67, the, the Kaladin chapter. You're seeing this from his perspective. Um, he has a couple conversations with Syl and the other bridgemen, and they they realize that they could go to freedom. And if I had, if I had to ta- tell someone in one quote who Kaladin is as a character, I would read this quote, and I will read it for you guys. I've been here before, Kaladin bellowed, turning back towards that blue banner. What happened last time? Kaladin yelled. I've learned. I won't be a fool again. It seemed to crush him. Sadius's betrayal, his exhaustion, the deaths of so many. He was there again for a moment, kneeling in Amram's mobile headquarters, watching the last of his friends be slaughtered, too weak and too hurt to save them. He raised a trembling hand to his head, feeling the brand there, wet with sweat. I owe you nothing, Colin. And his father's voice seemed to whisper a reply. Somebody has to start, son. Somebody has to step forward and do what is right. Because it is right. If nobody starts, then others cannot follow. Dalinar had come to help Kaladin's men, attacking those archers and saving Bridge Four. The Light Eyes don't care about life, Liren had said. So I must. So we must. So you must. Life before death. I've failed so often. I've been knocked to the ground and trod upon. Strength before weakness. This world, this would be death I lead my friends to. Journey before destination. Death. And what is right. We have to go back, Kaladin said. Powerful, powerful moment. That's where we end this episode. <laughs> but that is that is an incredible quote, and it really sums up a lot of Kaladin's moments as a whole. And I especially love. That's so good. It really brought a lot out, right? Mm-hmm. with Liren, his dad, a lot of what he, basically a summary of what he learned from him, as well as the whole, the whole other part, I guess, of current Kaladin with the journey before destination. I think that's really, really powerful there. And I, I got to say, Trevor, you, you mentioned something that I think plays into this too. This book is massive. 
you and I were just talking before we started recording today about, you know, page numbers and just how ridiculously huge some of these books are. And I, I think a lot of people don't even pick these books up because they are so big because they, they see this brick of a, of a book and think, Oh man, I could never get through that. The length of this book, the amount of stuff we've been through with Kaladin makes this moment so much more powerful right yes you might be able to argue that there's some sections before this that weren't quite as important maybe you could have trimmed some stuff out and still kept the the bulk of the of the plot line but because we are 900 pages in because we've been through so much with kaladin we feel this moment really strongly just like he does and if we if we hadn't been through so much with him if we'd only been through maybe 100 pages 200 pages worth of stuff with Kaladin, I don't think this moment would be as as moving as it is. Right. The, this is this is the payoff for Kaladin's character right here. Exactly. That you've you've watched him go through so much and so much and so much and he still decides to go save Dalinar. It is so 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 good. Even and we'll we'll we'll, we'll go back to Sill. We kind of we kind of skipped a, a rather important section right there but um the 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 fact that you can definitely you feel exactly what kaladin is is thinking he's he's been in this exact situation before and when he made this decision that he's when he made the same decision to go help it it backstabbed him and he lost everything um and this is his internal struggle here that I'm not stupid. I'm not going to make the same mistake again. I, I refuse to, to go help Elidai's again. But he knows it's what's right. He cannot, not go to Dalinar's aid because he, his honor won't let him. I think what makes this payoff special for me, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but not only did it bring, the whole story of Kaladin that we've seen so far into fruition, but it also it was kind of a double whammy. It was all of that, and it was all of not all of, but most of the flashback Kaladin chapters. I guess the way I always thought about the flashback Kaladin chapters were how they were more world building, and we kind of learned more about his character and his past. Um, But that really brought it out here and how that really shaped him into who he is now. And I that was what was super cool for me. Yeah. That was a fair part of that. But I am super excited to talk about Syl. I don't know if we're ready for that yet. We but... are we are ready for that. So I, I mentioned honor. His honor wouldn't let him leave Dalinar. But right before that quote, we have a Syl moment, as you've coined them, uh, Paul. Um, do you want to do you want to lead us off here? Um, well, yes, but I feel like there's a few things here, so I don't know exactly what to lead us into. But on the topic of honor, I guess we learned that Sil is an honor spren, which kind of confuses me. Okay, so she's not a bond spren like we thought, but she does bind things. Uh, she's an honor sprint. And also, it took me a little while. I listened to this chapter 
a few times. And what I heard at first was Honor Sprint, and I believe she says like a spirit of what I thought she said, a spirit of old. And so I was like, oh, this is some like ancient being, you know, that's different from a Sprint. But I listened to it again, and I believe it said a spirit of oaths. Correct. Yeah. And so I thought that was interesting. So is she like the embodiment of honor and what binds people to their honor and doing what is right? Not quite sure. <laughs> so I have so many thoughts on this. This was a, I, I had two kind of gasp moments in these these set of chapters and this was one of them and i'm with you paul i'm a little confused i'm not quite sure i i follow maybe all the implications of what this means but yeah i'm I'm kind of tracking with what sil's saying where she says i bind things i'm an honor spren a spirit of oaths which has a lot of significance for this chapter in particular when we get to the down our sections because she talks about I like what you're saying about the embodiment of honor and how that may be a binding, a a keeping your word or a a fulfilling your oath kind of aspect of of honor. And we see, spoiler, Dalinar do that at the end of this section in kind of the the climax of part four, if you if you will. So that is that is super cool and gets me really thinking quite a bit about what are the implications of her being an honor spren. There's also something else that I just thought about. So, so if she is an honor spren, then we could say that Syl is a spren, right? We we kind of thought about, you know, is she something different? Right. And maybe honor spren are different. I mean, it's not like a normal wind spren or rot spren or things like that. Um, but there, I guess there's this question, and I think it was even asked in these chapters of, you know, are pain spren attracted to pain or do they cause the pain, right? And I'm wondering now, is Syl attracted to Kaladin for his honor or is she what's, I guess, providing him with this strong sense of honor? And if that's the case, is Dalinar going to get his own honor spren, you know, like, would that be a thing? I, I don't think so. But it makes me wonder. You know, because Dalinar is very honorable as well, I would say. So I don't know what what kind of level you need to have an honor. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I, I too think this is the big question coming out of this is, and, and we've actually had this question kind of posed before. Like, are Windspren attracted to wind, or do they create it? And every time that's come up before, my immediate reaction is, you know, well, obviously science. Wind is a thing. It exists. It must attract, you know, binding. The, the rock is bound to the wall, therefore the Bindspren are attracted to it. Obviously the Spren don't create the things. That's my perspective coming into it from the world that we live in. But I got to say, the events of this chapter are making me wonder because if you go back and read this still, if you go back and read it from this perspective, you could certainly argue that that Caledon turns back and has that whole 
quote that we talked just talked about in that moment where he decides to go back because Syl points it out to him. Syl arrives in full form, I might add, full size Syl, which I thought was cool. Mm. And she's looking back at Dalinar's army getting slaughtered and she's just like breaking down in tears. She's just she's she's so hurt by seeing that and that is what gets Calvin to turn around and you know, really think about it. And so I'm starting to wonder, maybe is Syl the source of Kaladin's honor? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I've, I have I can see arguments both ways on this now. So I, I do agree. You know, I, I always think I've thought of it from the, like, our world perspective of wind is a literal thing, fire is a thing, right? And so these spread would be attracted to it. Um, you know, like you said, also with Syl kind of almost instigating or kind of sparking this honor in Kaladin here. I would say that there are characters who are as honorable as Kaladin, like Dalinar, I would put them about the same. I mean, you could make arguments for one being more honorable than the other, but they're both outstanding men, you know? Right. Very honorable and... And so I I guess my my thought on that is would Dalinar be able to have much, as much honor without an honor spren? Or with an honor spren, would he just far surpass Kaladin there? Hmm. Not really sure, but it makes me think that honor sprint aren't causing the honor or sparking that as much, uh, maybe to an extent. You know, we've seen the way that Sail does affect Kaladin, um, but more that they're attracted to it. Um, but yeah, I don't understand why there are seemingly so few. Or I mean, Sail's the only honor sprint that we know of. We don't even know if there are other ones. I'm sure there are. I feel fairly confident in that, but who knows? I bet Trevor knows. So, so here's what here's what I'll say here, and this kind of pushes us forward through the outline. So this is good. Um, Kalanin isn't the only one on the bridge crew who's making this decision, right? He he says we have to go back. But he turns to each one of his bridge crew, and they all nod and agree. They are all willingly going back for Dalinar. Do all of them have an honor spren? Not that we've seen. It's possible they do, but not that we've seen. Um, all of the bridgemen kind of know that Sil exists, but Sil only appears to Kaladin and Rock, which is an interesting, interesting seed there but um so do all of the richmen have their own sill maybe they just haven't noticed noticed their honor spread yet i don't know but um all of the bridgemen are showing honor here not only kaladin so if that helps yeah i wonder if it's wonder if it's a two-way relationship maybe the the reality is a little bit in the middle Maybe it's Syl as an honor spren is attracted to Kaladin's honor and at the same time boosts his honor because she is an honor spren. Like she creates moments where she catalyzes maybe his his innate honor 
but it's maybe both ways. I don't know. Yeah, I think the interesting thing here is who gets an Amish Britain? Like, are yes. there more? You know, things like that, because like like Trevor mentioned, the other bridgemen are showing honor here, and we've seen it with several characters throughout the story, but we haven't seen any other honor spread. So I guess that's the the big question there. And I the person I'm looking at the hardest to see if they have an honor spread is going to be Zeth, because in the Noadon flashback, the most recent one we've had, there was that kind of hint or assumption that Surge Binders had Honor Spren. Now, there was a reference of the, the two of those together, which makes me think that, and they, we got the mention of the Nahel Bond, which we talked about a couple a couple episodes ago. And so my immediate question, I think we talked about this, is does Zeth have a Spren? Does he have an Honor Spren? And my first thought is, there's no way. Zeth, Zeth is so destructive. He he kills a lot of people. There's no way he has an Honor Spren but then i thought about it a little bit harder and i think we may have even talked about this in some of the first chapters that we we saw zeth in if you think about it you can argue that zeth is honorable in in a sense you know he has an incredible amount of honor in that he honors his oath stone i need these these similarities here of sil says i'm an honor spren a spirit of oaths oaths zeth is tied to an oath stone. He has an incredible bond or commitment, if you will, to his oath stone. Is that honor? Yeah, it might be. It's maybe maybe a misuse of his honor, but maybe it would make sense that he has an honor spread. We just haven't seen it yet, maybe. Do you want to jump in here, Paul? I know you always like to opportunities to talk about Zeth. Always. Um, so I, I'm glad you mentioned that, Elliot. So that's been my big thought throughout the book, especially with the Zeth chapters, ever since the prologue. I guess not as much in the, the prologue, but in every interlude that we've seen with Zeth, he's doing crazy, horrible stuff because of this Oathstone. But we know how much he dislikes it he can't stand it he wishes it wasn't the case he wants to just be isolated where he can't hurt anyone or anything like that uh, so we know that it's not his desire to just slaughter people um but whatever is binding him to this oath stone is remarkable enough that he does it um and so there has to be something immaculate there. And this Nahil bond, I don't understand it yet. I feel like it has to be some way correlated with these honor spread or this binding and something yeah. like that. You know, mm-hmm. it's got to be in there somewhere. But as far as Zeth being honorable, I think it depends on how you look at it. Because like, so I actually, out of curiosity, pulled up the definition to the word honor. Mm-hmm. And lay on us there's two there's a few different ones right so honor as a noun is someone with high respect or great esteem and i would okay. not necessarily 
you could say that about Zeth, that he's highly esteemed by people who understand what he can do. You know, there's that respect of his power. Um, but he's not honorable in the sense that of, of doing what is right, I guess, as far as we understand. I mean, he's obviously killing lots of people, which is not an honorable thing to do. Um, so, so it's a direct conflict there, which is interesting. So I feel like we can't make a judgment on him yet, in my opinion, because we don't understand this oath stone business. That's my biggest question right now. So more than just Zeth, the, the idea that Sil is an honor spren, couple other ideas in my mind about some other characters. And Trevor, you alluded to one already, and that's Rock. I remembered that Rock is the only other bridgeman that can see unless Sil reveals herself to them. And I wonder, I wonder if that's just maybe the fact that Rock is somehow very honorable. Maybe he's one of the most honorable of the the bridgeman and so that gives him uh the ability to see honor spren perhaps i don't know i think that might that might be in line with his character as far as we know it just a thought so my current thought on that i thought about that a lot in all honesty i don't i don't understand it i guess that's fair to not understand it but i the fact that he's the only one to see it i don't feel like he is strictly so honorable that he can see Sill where others cannot. It has to be something specific with his people. I don't know if they're blessed or ancient or something like that where they can see Spren or these honor Spren or what. Uh, but I think it has to be something more than just he's the most honorable bridgeman so he can see Sill. Um, I don't know why he can and that's a great question. But in all honesty, I feel like maybe that's not as big of a deal. I feel like it's just, it just has to be something with the the Horn Eaters history. Yeah. And maybe they're blessed or something like that or have a special site. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I mean, Smirk over there tells me that he is sure, but isn't going to tell us. I mean, if I told you everything you wanted to know, then it wouldn't be any fun for me. Now, would it? We wouldn't have a podcast. True. We could have a podcast for a few weeks. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Yeah, maybe. So, so the other character, though, go ahead. that the other character that this sparks a thought for me is actually Hoyd. We we had that cool scene not too not too many chapters ago where Kaladin encounters Hoyd out on the Shattered Plains. Hoyd plays the flute really magically. And then at the very end of it, we noted this in our in our discussion that Sill specifically says, I don't like that guy. And that that bothered me. It was it was odd. It was out of place. Why why does our our lovable Sill not like the wise old advisor character? That doesn't seem that's 